Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. And in this week's episode, we're talking about being positive about what works for you. Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. Our last mission was to identify one thing you could do this week to make you feel more free and then do it. So, Brianna, how did that go for you? It was good. I started a new class this week, and you know how I love a class. <laughs> so, true, true. although it seems like getting into a class and having, you know, to be somewhere at a specific time with, there's not really homework, but you know, there's still some work to do outside of it. Feels like, oh, that's freeing. And yes, it is. It is so freeing for me. I just enjoy learning. This is, um, it's a breathwork class related to improving or learning more about mindfulness. And uh, it is something that I feel like I will be able to, to, bring into like whatever the next step of my professional career is. And so I'm really, really excited about it. And we had the first class on Thursday and it just, I don't know, I just loved it. And I'm looking forward to the next, uh, it's the next three months, I guess, of this, of this class. So I think, um, I, I think it went, I'll say it, it went well. How'd it go for you? It went really well for me. I got my tax refund back. So I opted to luxuriate in the idea that I didn't have to do my side hustle as much. So I was able to focus the book, although I will be honest, it didn't turn out to be a ton of words. It was very productive, but it wasn't. uh, I still got a lot of work to go and I've probably only got about a week to do it. So that's going to be exciting. But I did find myself very free in that I was starting to get really irritated and you even, even in our pre-show, I was still, I'm still irritated with uh, one particular customer, but uh, not having to log in and not having to deal with um, uh, people that I didn't feel like dealing with really made me feel free and, and allowed me to remember that I'm in charge of me and I'm in charge of what I think about and who I spend my time with. And no amount of money is going to change that. So I felt particularly good about that. Oh, that is fantastic. I love that. And in in keeping with the kind of upbeat and positiveness, of course, of the episode and then last week's mission, this week we're talking about being positive about what works for you. So Christy, what, what does that mean to you? Okay, so I used to give advice to people and I used to give the advice like this. There's what you should do, right? There's what you could do and there's what you're most likely going to do. Right. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the should do is the way I attempt to live life uh, according to somebody else's weird law. Like I have to have incredible amounts of discipline. Every time you start a new workout plan, it's got to start at 5 a.m. Despite the fact that I go to bed at 6 a.m. So I don't know how that all works or 4 a.m. Like, why does every workout plan I ever wanted to start when I was younger have to start early in the morning or every diet starts on Monday? So there's like the conventional I won't use the word wisdom because I don't think it's all that wise, the conventional thought on how you're, mm-hmm. you should do something. Then, of course, there's what you could do. And in my opinion, that's just the myriad of choices that you have. And then for me, finding out what works for you, it's the advice that you can take where it's what you most likely are going to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it means admitting I don't have what's in me to do it perfectly. So I am going to do what I can. Or I am going to start my workout plan. You know, right now I am in physical therapy uh, on an app. Very fun. And I don't usually do that until just before midnight. So it goes on that day. And honestly, that works for me. A lot of other people would probably think that there's a better way. Uh, But I got to tell you, it's the way that works for me. So I think that when I think about being positive about what works for you, it means doing what comes naturally to you in a way that is good for you, regardless as to what other people think about it. Mm. Oh, yes. Ah, that resonates for sure. And I, I really appreciate hearing that, especially the, the three tiered, the three tiered way you gave advice. (laughs) I think. 
I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, for for me, I think it is very similar. And, and it started, I feel like it started real small. And I it's not like I can recall exactly where I got the idea or came to the realization that uh, I think you mentioned there's a myriad of ways, so many ways to do so many things. And I just, I, I was similar. I thought that, well, you know, the latest uh, articles or the latest news story or, or, you know, somebody said somewhere that this is the way you do it. And this is how you get to be successful um, at doing, you know, whatever activity or habit change, or, you know, life hack, whatever you want to call it, or whatever it is that you're trying to do. And then it was on like, and then I would do that. And maybe it wouldn't go so well. And I, I thought it was me, you know, I mean, obviously, it was me. But I thought that somehow there was something wrong with me. So we'll use um, studying, uh, particularly studying in nursing school. I am not a, uh, I'm not a good studier. I just have never, I didn't really learn study skills, I guess. Um, I just get in there. I learn somehow. I learn what I need to learn and then I take a test or I do the paper or whatever. But like to sit down with note cards or to the notebook and things like that, it just doesn't work for me. And I just feel like I spent a lot of time having a ton of anxiety about, well, I'm not doing this right even though I was doing fine in school, I was stressing out about I'm not studying right. And so it was in that time that I had to recognize, well, my outcomes are good. Maybe I need to look at, I don't, I don't need to do it the way that other people are doing it. Or um, there isn't, you know, that recognition, there just isn't one way to study, I guess. Like there isn't really just one way to do most things. And so I feel like, it wasn't until the end, towards the end of uh, my program, but towards the end, I was like, well, this is just how I do it. And yes, I write my papers last minute. And yes, I study for exams last minute. But that's, I need that deadline to feel like the focus and the pressure, because otherwise I will just, particularly like with a paper or something, I'll just be spinning my wheels for weeks and weeks versus, you know, the last couple of days and I can just kind of hunker down and get it done. So I think just recognizing that I, you know, we're all different. We have different experiences. We have different skills, all of it. Uh, I just needed to find, as we say, I just needed to find what worked for me. And I don't know that I was necessarily positive about it, but at the time I needed to just be okay with it. And that at the moment was good enough. Yes, I absolutely agree. I think the hope behind being positive about what actually works for ourselves is a way to take pride in who we are, in the way we go about things without having to worry about feeling inherently wrong regarding things that become, in some instances, are easier for us and in some instances are more difficult. And the problem, though, that the problem that gets in my way is that there are a lot of people who are experts that do things and have success in a very particular way. And they are very convincing, Brianna, that the mm -hmm. right way is this way. And school does it a lot. Uh, the internet does it a lot. Parents do it a lot. And it's taken me a long time to unlearn and question the premise of a lot of advice. And so when you come upon advice, look at the person I've always found. Look at the person. Are they like me or are they not like me? You know, there's a there's a client of mine in my side hustle that I actually like. <laughs> I don't hate them all. No, I, don't, I don't hate anybody. But that actually, he's very high discipline. And so he does everything with a schedule. He's like, I don't know where I would be without a schedule. And it was interesting because I was like, maybe I should get on a schedule and I should get up in the mornings and be this person. And so I decided, well, I'll, I'm still going to be me. I'm not going to get up at 7 a.m., but I'm going to try and get up around 10 a.m. every morning. You know, go to bed between 2 or 3 and get up between 10 and 10.30. Brianna, I've never gotten less sleep. Less words were written. All of it was falling apart. And I didn't know why. And I was proud of myself, Brianna, because I was getting up every morning at 10 a.m. And I was mm -hmm. talking to this one particular client. But what happened was the outcomes for me were not what I was hoping for. And it's really interesting because 
a lot of times people decide even what a good result is by other people's criteria. That is also another trap. Okay, mm. a lot of people would consider the results that I have with my books as not being optimum because of the way I write them. I finally figured out I'm what's known as a binge writer. So much like you, I need the deadline. And so they see the incredible amount of stress that I go through, right, in the days leading up to the immediate, immediate deadline. And they think there's got to be a better way. Well, um, I will try to lessen that. Um, I'm trying different things to lessen that stress. But I will say, you know, I'm on book number 19 now. Um, mm -hmm. And the books are getting longer and my writing is getting better. And I can't say that the result that I am looking for is not the result. Like the result I'm looking for is the result I'm getting. I'd like to write them even faster. So I'm tweaking it. But in the end, other people being stressed out watching me do the way I do it is mm -hmm. of no concern of mine. They get to figure out what works for them as far as maybe just not paying as much attention to what I'm doing <laughs> because. <laughs> It's working for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> mind your business. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> put that tool, the mind your business tool, right? Well, and I think that that is. I mean, I, I just, of course, I appreciate hearing that because I think that is what I have to remind myself when I'm looking at other people and comparing myself to them and their outcomes and how they're doing it and, and not taking, you know, not giving myself credit for my successes and just that I'm getting things done. Everything is fine. It's like, I myself maybe need to remember to just mind my own business. Like Christy can do it Christy's way. And, you know, Joe Smith over there, he can do it his way. Brianna has her own situation and experiences and skill sets and uh, strengths, I guess, that either come naturally or that I've worked on to be able to be a successful person. That's what I need to be concerned about. That's where I need to keep my focus. So I need to stop kind of like almost feeling like a feels a little bit like I need to stop trying to look at somebody else's paper, you know, uh, just kind of not that you can't take um, suggestions from people or learn new things, or I'm, I'm not saying that, but if I'm always looking to other people and what they're doing and not paying enough attention and putting enough energy into my, to me and what I'm doing, then that's when I actually am not productive, uh, not effective, or at least less so, I'll say less so. Uh, and, and actually spending more time on things that don't matter or things that I guess aren't really feeding or helping me. Uh, and I'm missing that too, is when I then maybe start missing out on opportunities for learning, to do something new, uh, just in general I'm just missing, I feel like, when I'm too worried about what someone else is doing. So being able to bring that focus over, bring it on back, right? Bring it back to my own paper, or my own desk or whatever uh, that school, you know, school kid analogy is. Um, but being able to do that and come back to like, hold on, I've got skills. I'll be fine. If I'm, you know, if something doesn't work out quite right, identify, look at it, look at it learn from it, and then do it better next time. And I feel like, you know, this week we were doing the things that make us feel more free. I feel like once I recognized like it was okay to be trying things to find what works best, try it. If it doesn't work, learn from it and do it differently last time. Next time, I feel like that has opened me up uh, so much to being more positive just about me and my abilities overall, and then being able to find, you know, find those things that are going to work for me to keep that moving. Absolutely. I couldn't, I, I absolutely agree. I, I believe that running your own experiment of one is the best way to figure out what works for you. And it took me a long time to really embrace the sort of experiment of one, just me philosophy, because a lot of times I learn of something new, like I'm, I, you know, I'm always listening to podcasts, I'm watching YouTube videos, I'm reading books, and I'm trying to figure out the, you know, the secret to being the ultimate me. You know, I was, as a kid, I read, you know, 
how to win friends and influence people. I, I dreamed of being able to afford a, an Anthony Robbins cassette thing off the TV. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and, um, and then later I actually ended up getting like, like finding like a friend of mine had gotten some of the, like a half cassette thing from um, like a yard sale. <laughs> and I listened to some of it and, um, you know, I'm like tapping my fingers and I'm trying to tell myself it's going to be a great day. And honestly, none of it worked. I mean, it all got me really hyped up, but I spent so much time just trying to get myself in what he called um, a peak state that I didn't actually do anything. Like all I did was mm -hmm. try to get into a peak state and that used up most of my energy. And uh, yeah. And then I felt like a failure, like, wow, I can't pull it off. And that is wrong. You're mm. welcome to try things that other people have had work for them. And I used to think that if I couldn't make what worked for somebody else work for me, then I was wrong. Instead of saying, it, even in my early dating, if I didn't click with a guy or that guy didn't like me back, I assumed there was something wrong with me. Never taking the time to think maybe we're not a match. Maybe I'm not a match for this thing. Not everything works for everybody. Not everything that it doesn't even, that doesn't even make any sense. Like I don't even like the same foods as everybody else. Like why mm -hmm. would I, but, but it's like, oh wow. Well, if I can't, I don't know, eat really hot jalapenos, there's something wrong with me. Or I just, I didn't grow up eating those or I just, I just don't like them. It just doesn't suit me. You know, it doesn't, but I honestly would internalize that experiment as a failure. And I think it wasn't until I decided I'm going to figure out what works for me that I started to go, oh, okay. And I started to really learn, honestly, I just got to take a hard look at who's given me the advice. Because if it's like, um, this is really great guy named uh, something Goggins. He's like a Marine. Like he was like, like a, like a seal or some sort of major like military guy and he's like embraced the pain and he just ran with broken legs or something. He was just like this incredible guy and he's giving out this advice. It's great advice, but not for me, Brianna, not mm. for me. There's nothing about that guy that looks anything like this gal. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there may be a kernel of truth that I could try in, but I, I'm okay with knowing that we're different people and I can admire someone else's success and their method without having to fe feel like a failure because I am not like that. Right. I, <laughs> I think that is wonderful. And I appreciate that uh, example. And this is going to be a super random example of my own, but what that story made me think of was, I don't know, back in the, probably I think it was like the late nineties or something um, Madonna came out and was like, I get super fit just by doing yoga. I don't know if you remember that, but it was I like, she came out and she was like super buff. And it was like, holy crap, she's just doing it by, by yoga. And, you know, of course, everybody was like, we're all doing yoga now. Um, and I was one of those people who was like, totally, let's get into yoga. And guess what? I don't care for yoga. I have done it many times. I have tried. I have done classes. I have a friend who teaches yoga. And so she tried to teach me yoga and I enjoyed like being with her and uh, like having the, you know, having her being in her class or being in her lesson, but just to, just to, I just can't be that still. And it just is not for me, but that's that thing of like, I thought I was going to be this big, you know, yoga was going to be the thing that helped me to just, um, I guess, make it happen for the movement and the physicality and the activity. And I know that there are people that yoga is amazing for. I am not one of those people. And I had to let that go <laughs> uh, and find something that some find something else, something that did or does work for me. And I think, you know, when you're talking about when you're talking about your example, it just one, it made me think of that, but it really comes back to, and I know I talk about it almost every time, uh, but that sense of self-awareness and knowing, knowing ourselves and what it is that we want, what it is that is meaningful and meaningful to us. And then also like, I'm a big one for how does it feel? Like if, if, 
if I'm doing something kind of like the yoga example, like I'm here and I'm doing it, everybody. I'm, I'm like doing it. And my brain can be like, keep doing it. You're doing it. But my body's like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> so coming to that understanding of, of just how things feel sometimes is the key to under or identifying, I guess, for me, uh, does this work? Does this work for us? Are we like, is this going to be okay? And it might take a little bit. Um, but there have been a lot of time, you know, kind of before coming to that realization, there are so many things that I would try and just try to stick with and stick with because again, that sense of, well, either everybody's doing it or so-and-so said this was the way that they were really successful. And yet I feel it that it's not right for me, but I'll, I would in the past, uh, maybe stick with it longer than was truly necessary. And again, that sense of then I'm, I'm kind of just, I don't know, I don't know that we ever waste time. I guess I was still learning something while I was doing it, but I definitely wasn't really enjoying, uh, and I don't enjoy that time when you're kind of spending doing things that you know or can feel aren't really right for you and aren't working and you, and I couldn't be positive about I totally know what you mean. And it's a really weird fine line, right? Because sometimes I can feel like I should try something because I don't want to be closed off to new things and you never know, you may like it. And then there's other times where in the, just to give sort of lip service or to pretend like I am open, I end up in situations, like I told you, I ended up in that weird, like 4th of July boat situation that I did not enjoy. <laughs> And it was basically somebody called me like, do you want to go on a yacht to see fireworks? And I said, hey, you know, I should do things, right? I'm going to be sure I'm going to go. And my knee jerk reaction was no. And then I'm trapped on a boat, which by the way, the yacht didn't go anywhere. It just sat in the harbor, but I made the mistake of going in the same car as this person. And then eventually, like it went, I don't know, four yards or something, like not far, whatever knots, I don't know invent yacht yacht terms and, and and of course and also you think there's a certain like great poupon feeling of a yacht that i thought i was going to get uh and instead it was like there was a, literally a man in front of me tapping on his stomach to make himself belch the beer burps and i was like well <laughs> why am i here how i by the way i never went anywhere with that guy again but in the name of trying to be different right i uh went on a little experiment and I decided that, yeah, you know, no, some things I just get to know that I'm not, I, you know, if you want to invite me out on a boat, I don't go out on boats with people I don't know well anymore, right? Because you're trapped at sea. Um, and even if you're just in the harbor, if you've, if you've gone on the road with them, right, you're, you're trapped at sea. You might as well be because you don't have a ride home because uh, you're not getting a, well, this was, this was in the days before Uber. Anyway, right. but my point being, there's a really weird dichotomy that like a weird tightrope that you have to walk between being open to new things and also knowing who you are and so for me I intermittently have done either I've stuck with something too long just to appear like maybe the miracle is going to happen and then there's other times where it was working Brianna and I just didn't stick it through mm. and it really takes a lot of repetitions of that cycle to realize was I just frustrated because I wasn't catching on soon enough and I didn't wait long enough for the miracle to happen or was I sticking around out of a weird for me it's often peer pressure despite the fact that I I experienced peer pressure in middle aged thank god I, I work alone now do you know what I'm saying Cause <laughs> I was on a boat do you know what I'm saying in <laughs> Long Beach or something. And I live in the Valley. So uh, my point being, it takes a little finagling to figure out how to know yourself. Uh, and so even with that, give yourself a lot of grace, right? Are you the kind of person mm -hmm. who needs to stick to it, to see it, to see it through, to see if it's working for you? Or are you the type of person who stays? And uh, if you're me, you're intermittently both. So enjoy that. It's going to take a while <laughs> yeah. in a good way. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I think the the bigger one for me was definitely getting used to saying that's not going to work for me. Like in and, and not feeling like I had to provide like some extensive reasoning. <laughs> right. 
right? But that I could just simply say, eh, that's not going to work for me. And be in, in, again, that mind your business situation. But if people took that to, you know, and they wanted to ask some questions, fine. But I don't have to justify that decision. If something's not going to work for me, it's not going to work for me. And it took a really long time to get comfortable saying that to be able to have a boundary or boundaries, I guess, related to things um, I wasn't just didn't want to do in part because I think um, I've always been very interested in trying new things and opportunity and, you know, I, I want to do stuff, right? But at the same time, I sometimes, as you were saying, would find myself kind of like, I mean, I wasn't on a yacht in a harbor, like quasi trapped at sea, but uh, <laughs> um, certainly there have been other things and you're just like, oh, why am I here? And then it's that sense of like, next time, remember this, like sear this into your brain. So next time you can set that boundary uh, because it's okay to say as much as we find what works for us, we can find what doesn't work. And it is okay to say that doesn't work for me and be very positive about that and hold, be able to hold that boundary and not feel like you've got to explain it to somebody or justify it to someone, but that it's okay to just, this isn't, this isn't going to work. I'm no, this isn't going to work. I love that you brought up boundaries because I have been, um, I have in the past not even understood the concept of boundaries for a lot of my life. And then Mm -hmm. been really, really, there was a lot of room and there still is a lot of room for my boundary setting. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I just feel like uh, if you ask and I can, or I could try, then I should. And no, that is not the case. Um, And it is, I think one of the gifts that you can get about figuring out and being positive about what works for you is it makes it easier to know where those boundaries are. Mm -hmm. For instance, there is no way, I remember every once in a while, like I'd hit like a hard, like, nope. Do you know what I mean? When somebody asked me to go do something, I remember distinctly somebody was, hey, I'm going to join this dodgeballing league and we need one more for my team. And I was like, at first, I did not even realize that they were suggesting that I be that person. Me, Christy Mm. Murphy, as a grown woman on a dodgeball. I did not like it at nine. This was a source (laughs) of much trauma for however long. The idea, one of the glories of, of adult life for me has been the lack of dodgeball. I'm not going to do that like it it was one of the only times where I literally (laughs) laughed um and I'd always been so good at being convinced and cajoled into things and I'm like there's there's nothing about me from my glasses to my general flinching in the face of loud noises and the sound of a ball hitting anything that says I'm going to play dodgeball there is no way you're going to get me to wake up early on a Saturday drive to get hit in the face with a red ball again I've done that. I've gotten my full feel. And that I think is one of the uh, glorious benefits of knowing what works for you and also what doesn't work for you is that those boundaries are easier and easier to set. Like when you finally Mm. realize, oh, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to. I remember somebody gave me, I used to have a really hard time turning down things that were free that I knew were expensive. (laughs) Okay. Because it's like, oh, wow, this is really expensive. So a friend of mine was a very good uh, Bikram yoga instructor to bring back the yoga. And the classes for Bikram yoga were very sought after in LA for a period of time. And I knew the instructor and I was getting in for free. Hmm. Um, so this is why I'm in downtown Los Angeles at 5 a.m., Brianna, in a room that is hot. It is so hot. Mm-hmm. Trying to do yoga. And she kept saying, if you're having a hard time, just lay on the mat. Brianna, all I did was lay on the mat. It was hard for me to even stay in the room. I have never, ever been more horrified by something that was a gift 
in my life. <laughs> it was, it was, it was terrible. There is everything downtown LA, 5 a.m. yoga in the heat. Like every single one of those things is the exact opposite of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, but because at the time it was offered to me as a gift that was sought after by others for free, I did not. I thought maybe I could, maybe I could. And that is not being positive. That is being delusional. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, figuring out what works for you allows you to set boundaries with people. And also it saves you just a lot of logistical time, Brianna. There is no way anybody's going to get me to drive to downtown LA at 5 a.m. to be in a hot room doing anything, let alone yoga. <laughs> That's great. I like it. The criteria kind of that comes around the different things we're finding that may or may not work for us. <laughs> Traffic, parking, all of it. Yep. I, I can, I can totally relate to that. I think what to the other thing that I heard or, or that makes me think of rather uh, in your example is uh, finding aside from like what's meaningful, uh, but also what is motivating so sometimes there's that piece of, okay, I've got this opportunity in front of me and, you know, whatever the outcome might be, it's identifying what is going to motivate you to like take that, take that opportunity or do the thing. So I guess one of the things this makes me think of is uh, in nursing when I was at the bedside, uh, you know, picking up extra shifts, working, uh, volunteering to work extra. I mean, certainly if the help was needed, I would do that. But I was not one of those people who was constantly like looking for <laughs> extra shifts because, you know, folks are like, oh, but it's such, you know, you get time and a half and it's such good money and whatnot. And I just was, you know, on for better, for worse, that money, the money of that was not a motivating factor for me because um, I just really valued the downtime. So I just, I, you know, I've talked about it here before. Uh, I am a, I am an introvert. <laughs> and so I need time away and I need time alone to, to kind of process and, and recharge. I, I just need that. And I find as much as I really enjoyed uh, bedside nursing, and I found it to be very rewarding. Um, it's also very, you know, emotionally charged because you're you're responsible for the health and well-being of an of other human beings, and then you're also working with a lot of people. And I just found it at times to just be very overwhelming. So, the idea that I would get what little free time I had, and and do more of the that was just, you know, just to be able to make additional money just was not, it wasn't a motivating factor for me. Now, if we were short, or I know there were a couple times where um, we had, uh, you know, in the winter with snow and such, uh, people coming in, getting in late because of the roads and that kind of stuff, sure, I'll stay for that because that's like helping out the team. And, and, and that's kind of what, that's where I found I felt like I was being really useful and helpful and, and I don't know, that to me was what was motivating me to do that extra work. Um, so I just think it's a long winded, winded way, I guess, or example of saying finding the things that are motivating uh, is really important to finding what works for us and being able to be really positive about it and being okay with whatever that turns out to be. If money's your jam, money's your jam. And, and your motivating factor, awesome. You, That's great. If it's, you know, uh, helping out, if it's I just like to do new things. I don't know. There are probably a million different things that could be motivating, but finding that motivating factor or those motivating factors is really important, I think, to understanding uh, what's going to work and what maybe is not and, and being okay or being positive about that. Absolutely. And I think in finding what motivates you, it could actually allow you to find a way to make a situation that normally wouldn't work for you work for you. I'll give you mm. an example. I used to think that um, 
I had issues with, well, I definitely have issues with discipline. It, discipline is divine, defined by like the Clifton strengths, where you do the same thing the same way every day. You, you can hold to a schedule. You, you are like that, that kind of discipline. However, I have found that I have done things that people think would require a lot of discipline. I was a violinist as um, a young person from like nine to about 22 or something, which is a long time. And I was concert mistress, which is first chair, first violin. And it people would assume that being a violinist took a lot of discipline, right? Because you have to practice every day or so they say, Brianna, because I did not. But what mm-hmm. was I motivated by? In an orchestra, there <laughs> is chairs. All right. First chair, first violin is the best. Second chair, you know, the principal second, blah, blah, blah. So you've like maybe five stands of first violins. and Wherever your chair is, if you're chair number 10, you're the, you're 10th out of 10 of first chairs. And then, but you are still better than second chairs. And there is some, like being principal second is better, I think in some ways than being at the back of the first violin section, but blah, blah, blah. But anyway, there is a ranking and I am very much motivated by winning so much so Mm. that if I'm in a situation where I can't win, I don't want to play. Right. So a lot of times if I'm in like a sports situation, I have to create my own goal, like my own way to win. Like for me, it's a win to show up and be a part of the team in some things, right. If it's mandatory for me, it's a win to just get out in the sun for the day and be with people like that can be what I do, but I can't, for me, it was a win. I remember as a journalism major in school, they had the newspaper decided to be signed up for intramural sports and you needed a certain number of girls. And honestly, uh, the sports editor, Dan was very cute and he (laughs) asked me. And so the win was to, be with Dan <laughs> and not make a fool of myself. And um, strangely, and we, we were creamed. It was hilarious. We were never going to win. However, uh, Dan, did I tell you that my, my big catch, my bad news bears moment, uh, this, and, and, and to me, this was the ultimate sport victory of my life was uh, <laughs> saying yes to a cute boy to be in there. Um, we never made out or anything, but I still loved being around him. Um, he explained to me that when somebody gets a pop fly or something, I don't know the words, but it goes really high in the air and it's coming to you. He's like, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to run around, but you're going to look bad if you run around. So just wait till it gets closer. Wait till it gets way closer. He's like, even if the ball drops somewhere, you don't look as bad as somebody who ran around, right? And mm-hmm. and I was like, you're talking my language because what motivates me is to win or not look bad, right? Yeah. So I was able to internalize this bit of sport advice. And so um, he said, if the ball comes towards you, wait to see where it's going to drop and then just slowly like move. And I was like, okay, I can get that because I don't want to run backward. And so I was like running, like the ball dropped and it was like coming right at me. And I went, of of course, this is going to happen because it's me and I'm going to get hit in the face with this ball. Uh, And so it's coming and I'm like, don't run around like a moron. Besides, you don't like running anyway. And it comes and it comes and I start like going back, like stepping back slowly because it feels like it's going to drop behind me. I end up with my back up against a fence, Brianna, that I didn't even know was there. And I was like, well, you can't go back anymore. And I put my glove up and I swear to you, I caught this ball, like an actual sporting ball, like a softball. Uh, Yeah, it's called a softball. Mm -hmm. I caught this ball against the fence it was it looked apparently like dan was raving about it he's like it looked i mean you catch your first pop fly up against the fence you go back i was like i don't even know what any of these words mean but it was amazing and then of course he was right there so i only had to toss it like two yards Mm because he was like running because he knew he knew he knew i would blame him for all to the end of time my point being (laughs) Find out what motivates you. If it's not looking stupid, put yourself in a situation where you're afraid to look stupid so you finish what's got to be done. If you need to, if you're not the kind of person who has the discipline to practice your violin every day, but you still want to be the best and you want to go on all the field trips and you got a violin for Christmas because you're half Asian. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Practice really hard to beat Kim Volts. Like that is what you're going to do. 
<laughs> and just leverage that. Leverage who you are, even if it isn't the most noble of reasons. Because in the end, I was concert mistress. In the end, I did catch that ball and spend valuable time with a very cute sports editor. Um, and <laughs> have and have honestly the the singular most positive sporting experience of my life mm-hmm. because that was genuinely an athletic-ish thing to do. I caught a fly ball against the fence or something. Sports oh. people fix that up into the right words, but I did it. I did it. Nice. I <laughs> I made an out. I made an out. Oh, I don't think I've heard that story before. So that is awesome. <laughs> I, I... Talking about the motivating factors, I think it's, uh, you know, one of the things that's been really helpful for me in identifying, similar to what you were talking about related to discipline is, you know, um, giving myself a break for those things that I'm never going to do. And maybe I talked about this already, but, you know, discipline, again, according to the, you know, we both have taken Clifton Strengths and, um discipline, as you said, being that thing where you can do the same thing over and over. That is like my, my, that's my bottom strength. That's the last one on the list for me, which means this is not going to happen yet. I can certainly do things. I can certainly do the same thing consistently, but it's not necessarily, as you were talking about, it's not necessarily related to the discipline. It's related to my sense of responsibility or maybe my sense of, you know, connection to a team or to a group of people or something like that. So while I am, I'm certainly, while I can do discipline, I can do the same thing. I can be consistent. I can be reliable. It's not because I necessarily uh, have that strength of discipline. And that goes for just a number of other things. Uh, I, I, but the discipline one was a big one because I would beat myself up a lot about just not feeling like, why can't I, why can't I stick, like feeling like, why can't I stick with this? And it's just because that's not how my mind works. And that's not what I find um, necessarily doing the same thing over and over again. I just, it's not motivating. It's not interesting. Um, so yeah, just again, that sense of self-awareness, identifying what's going to work. What are my like, oh, I can, what's, what are my skills that are pretty, that come relative, that come naturally that I don't really have to think about versus what are the, knowing the things that I'm never going to do. Um, I, I just have found all of that to be really helpful in identifying those motivating factors. And then uh, I really want to talk about just you know, make sure to hit on that fact about giving myself a break. Like the way to be positive for me about what works for me is just like getting off my own case <laughs> and and stop like looking for, you know, ways to be almost like we're looking for the ways to beat myself up or to point out where I'm not getting it right. But instead to be like, how about just let's look at what worked and let's look, I'm, you know, looking at the evidence, what's worked in the past and let's build on that versus just always focusing or feeling like I'm focusing rather on what doesn't or where I've gone wrong. So um, yeah, I just, I feel like changing that, uh, I guess it's a perspective, changing that perspective from just looking at the, what doesn't work to what is and being honest about what I am or am not capable of or able to do helped a lot in being more positive overall about what, what I'm, what I can do or what works for me. I absolutely appreciate you bringing that up because for me, a lot of times I felt like if I wasn't doing it perfect, then it wasn't okay. Right. It wasn't good enough. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. I will be doing perfectly fine. But because I see there's room for improvement, but I can't improve that much more, I'll give up Mm -hmm. or I'll or I'll never start because I could see there's a better way to do this. And I remember telling you a long time ago that I would have this thing where I would think of the most efficient way to run a bunch of errands. Do you know what I mean? So that the car (laughs) L.A. traffic is a thing, but also I'm weird. So let's just go with both of these things. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to go here, and that's on the right-hand side of the road. And then I'm going to go to this place, and then I'm going to go to that place. And I missed the first turn. Uh, 
And instead of making a U-turn, because that's going to be a pain in the butt because the traffic is so bad and that's going to take me 20 minutes out of my way and then I'm going to be late for that. And, you know, just a cascading. I decide I'm doing none of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a drive through to wherever and I feel like a failure. And the truth of the matter is just because I couldn't get all the errands done in one day, I could have settled for one or two. I could have Mm -hmm. just made the U-turn and did the one thing, and that'll be one less thing. But instead, I built it up because I had to do it all like this. Or if um, this small bit of effort, like this deal where I'd put an artificial timeline on, I've got to lose 20 pounds in nine nine months or four months or two pounds a week. And anything less than that was failure. And not like there are some things like studying, playing the violin, writing books that I can – absolutely go hard on for a period of time and then feel okay Mm. for me in like health stuff i've had to learn to embrace small changes and even if it is five minutes of physical therapy exercises every day i can't throw my hands up and say what's the point However, because I'm not good in di- with discipline, Brianna, I don't just do things every day. Luckily for me, like some of my um, carpal tunnel exercises, what keeps me motivated is when I don't do them, there's an incredible amount of pain, right? Mm-hmm. And then I can't type. So that's very motivating. But short of that, uh, the other stuff that I need to do for my back and all that other stuff, it just wasn't working for me. So I found an app. And uh, Ben, my new physical therapist that I meet virtually, I met him once, and there's these little exercises in an app, and he could tell whether or not I did them. I mean, sure, I could hit play and just watch them go by and kind of get, but once I've hit play, I might as well be doing it, right? I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so why am I doing my physical therapy exercises? Okay, listen, I'm willing to spend $95 for the premium thing on this app, although they do have like a free version and a $30 version. Why? Because um, apparently what motivates me is a stranger in Florida who will see that I did not do this, even though I represented as if I was very positive about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't want Ben to think bad thoughts about me, Brianna. (laughs) <laughs> and so in the short term, uh, why am I doing this? Make sure to do it before midnight so that, you know, Ben sees that I didn't miss a day again. Um, yeah, that's what's getting me to do it. In the long term, the reason why I'm doing all of it is because I'm getting older. I I turned 50 this year and I want to be healthier. And I realized that, you know, I need to, in order for, I need to get fit enough to start a fitness program, Brianna. That's why we're in physical therapy. So I need to shore up these core muscles and whatnot after, you know, that have been, you know, since that car accident or whatnot. And I need to be there and do that. And apparently the way I do that, because I do not have the discipline, is to uh, enlist the aid of a stranger that I don't want to disappoint, despite the fact that I don't even really know the guy. And uh, he may not even be thinking about me, but he'll be able to see Brianna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I'll get healthier just because I don't want to look bad to a stranger. Hey, that's what I got going on. It works. There you go. You found it. You've you've cracked it, and I think that's wonderful. Well, you were, you know, when you were sharing your example, one of the things that made me think of is um, that I had to, I guess, learn or become aware of is watching out for uh, my bias or my, or the stories I maybe is, would be telling myself about certain things um, about maybe what could or could not work for me. Um, So for a long time, you know, telling myself like, well, I'll never be the kind of person uh, that's going to be able to make it to the gym every day. So, um, again, that sense of coming back to, I kind of told myself that story. And then if, like you said, if I couldn't do it every day, then it was like, I might as well not do it at all. Oh my gosh, come on. (laughs) Right? No. Um, So watching out for my own bias, watching out for the stories, um, the the untrue stories, I guess, uh, that I can sometimes tell myself or make up, I'll say make up, uh, to... I think get out maybe, and this is, this is, I don't know. I think the stories that I maybe would tell myself to get out of, huh, I wonder, get out of, you know, doing something that maybe could work, uh, 
was uncomfortable um, and I didn't want to be uncomfortable or I don't like not, especially if it's something new and I'm not very good at it. I don't like being, I don't like being bad at things or not being, you know, really good at them. So I would maybe tell myself a story about like, well, that's just not going to work for me. Um, and then wouldn't necessarily try it cut to a few years later when I actually do try it and oh lo and behold it works <laughs> that doesn't always happen but it, it has in the past so just being aware of the stories uh, for me being aware of the stories that I can tell myself positive or negative or true or false whatever um, has been also helpful in finding what works and actually trying some things um trying some new things uh, that maybe could be beneficial for me. I love that. And I think it's really interesting because I have told myself stories that I'm not the kind of person who does insert X and then it became true. And I will say also what works for you can change over time. Mm. What used to work for me, I I'm not allowed to have work for me anymore, right? Because of my health and my age, right? It used, I used to be able to handle drinking a two liter bottle of diet Pepsi, a day. And before that, it was Diet Coke. I switched over to Diet Pepsi because it was hurting my stomach less, which was probably an indicator that maybe I should stop soda. Um, and I did try to quit a few times. Uh, but let's just say I wasn't the kind of person who drank a lot of water then, right? I was mm. like, water? Bleh. Uh, now I drink a lot of water also, thanks to you. But then what happened was one day I just it was starting to scorch my throat. I was having major acid reflux. Now I've learned that it's probably was really bad for my stomach, you know, my uh, microbiome, a new thing I'm learning about. And so what happened was over time, maybe what worked for me at the time was two liter bottles of Diet Pepsi. Because honestly, I can write a lot of books on Diet Pepsi and fast food. Like mm -hmm. it to a rate that is incredible. But then I aged and I cannot do that because um, it's painful in my stomach. And mm -hmm. so what works for me had to change. And honestly, what helped me change was having someone I knew that was kind of like me say, you know, uh, I gave up soda or I, I learned to drink my coffee black. That was you. You were like, mm -hmm. I always loved the idea of being able to say, I'll have a coffee black, you know, like I was a character in like a a detective novel. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I was like a Sam Spade type person. Uh, so I was like, yeah, coffee black. But I was like, I'd never do that. And you're like, you'd be surprised. And I was. And then my teeth started to get discolored. So now I put a little bit of creamer in there because, um, but I don't put any sugar or sugary creamer. I just put half and half, uh, one tablespoon, a half and half. And it's like, oh, wow. I'm the kind of person who can drink my coffee black if I care to. I am the kind of person who can do this. But what happened was, well, I changed and then I had to. And so don't be afraid to revisit things that used to not work for you and figure out a way to make them work for you. A lot of times I would tell myself a story, like you said, about why I can't do something. Instead of asking myself a more open-ended question, which is, how can I do this? And I find the more often I ask myself, how can I get where I want to go? How can I get what I want to get out of this? That I start coming from a more of an, a problem-solving place rather than an emotional place. And that mm. has helped me tremendously. Mm -hmm. That is, oh, I appreciate hearing that. It makes me, it makes me think of, you know, we were talking about, um, uh, I came across an interview this week of a researcher who has recently, or last year rather, uh, released a book related to how we find ourselves in flow. Um, that feeling of like we're really in something that's working for us, you know, that sense of time is a little bit different when we're in flow and we're just really at our peak uh, performance. Um, and rather uh, talking about uh, in that brief interview, I have not yet read the book, uh, in that brief interview, just talking about, um, you know, finding, really finding what works for you, which kind of, I think, led to um, thinking this about episode. this topic yeah. in yeah. this episode, but, um, and just talking, thinking about like what works for you and it, from a standpoint of how you're um, like where you have the most mental energy and can really, again, that sense of being at, being at your peak performance. And I think um, I have 
it, it just, I, it, it helped me to see, I don't know, it's like a light bulb went on, uh, switch flipped and it was like, oh, not just like I can find what works for me uniquely, what works for me. Um, but that I, it, it, I don't, I'm not explaining it very well, but I just feel like there was a, just a whole, almost like a mindset. I don't know if it was a shift, but like a whole new awareness of like, oh, you mean I can do, (laughs) this is so silly. I can do it completely different than what other people are doing. Really? And I think, um, you know, you and I talked about, I'm going to try this new based on kind of how my sleep pattern works. And, you know, I'm a morning person and I feel the most energetic in the morning. So wanting for myself, like my personal life and for my personal growth, wanting to get the most out of that time, um, because I feel a lot of times like after our, after work is really, you know, I'm spent and kind of ready for downtime and there's not a lot of extra energy left to do kind of my stuff and feeling like, okay, well, I'm going to try this thing and um, work with a new sleep schedule where I'm going to try like getting up at three in the morning and see how that works and shifting my whole sleep pattern up by about three hours. Um, And I'm kind of excited about it. Like there's a sense, an energy to this that is like, Now, I'm not going necessarily down the path of like, this is going to change everything, but I do have a very, very real sense of excitement to try it because I think it's going to work. And so, or, or, you know, I think I'm going to have a positive outcome from it. And so, yeah, just really coming to that understanding of, I don't, it doesn't have to be, it can be like someone, what someone else is doing. And that's okay if I'm, taking that recommendation or something, but it can be totally different and off, you know, kind of the world schedule as, I mean, you're a night person, so I know you get it, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited for whatever. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I'm actually just really excited to try it and see what happens. I love that. I love figuring out how it is I can get something to work for me or how, what, I think one of the big problems with being positive about what works for you is a lot of times we don't spend enough time trying to figure out what it is that works for us. And part of a big piece of the puzzle is what time works best for you? Because I, then there are tools you can use. There's a thing called rescue time. If you work a lot on your computer, you can install this thing called rescue time. And what it does basically is it, tells you what you're doing on your computer at all times and it gives you a report and you can literally see when you're most productive and when you're not and i find that kind of thing is very interesting to know because i am very productive at about two in the afternoon 9 p.m and then at 3 a.m and what that says to me is that if i'm going to have very difficult time consuming like mentally consuming tasks for me to do those are the times i want to do it and so just experimenting over and over again figuring out what works for you can be very helpful and then also if you don't know who you are you can take an assessment test like a skills test like there are enneagrams i know that you've spoken about that um there's the clifton strengths test that I'm sure people must think that I work for them or something, how often <laughs> I talk about that. But you can take that um, that assessment and it can tell you a little bit about your talents and you can get like a coach who can help you with that kind of thing. And so I think the hope behind being positive about works for what works for you is that you can take more pride in yourself, that you can live a life and set better boundaries and enjoy and get where you want to go more. And the problems can be not knowing what helps for you, uh, limiting beliefs, things like um, wanting perfectionism or being frustrated with uh, things taking time or not being good at something at first. But the tools that you can use to feel more positive about what works for you are things like looking at who's giving the advice to see if that person is like you, uh, taking an aptitude test, using tools like a, you know, a focus time or a uh, rescue time or whatnot on your computer to see what times work for you. Uh, doing more experiments at one, you know, an experiment of one to see what works and what doesn't and just a lot of trial and error. And then also my favorite of yours is the uh, getting off your own case about it, which is mm-hmm. just allowing mm-hmm. yourself to be where you're at. 
And uh, so that leads me into this week's mission and this week's mission, or rather this episode's mission, is to examine what comes naturally with you and see where you can incorporate that into your life. And we would love to hear from you. Now it's easier than ever to connect with us. Just go to positiveviewpodcast.com. That's positiveviewpodcast.com. Click on the icon message and you can leave us a voicemail. Yes. And don't forget, new episodes come out every other Monday. And when you can, please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast because it does help more people to find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. And that is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon. Thank you.